There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, my. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. Big week. Big week. Jester, you have done it again. I'm talking to you. Hey, clown. Jester, you've done it again. Constantly raising the bar for the circus. For the circus. Wait, I have to really talk to you, though. Because, Jester, you have done it again. Jester, what are you talking about? Jester, when you said... The way you said several weeks ago that there was always something about Catherine McPhee you couldn't put your finger on. Oh, babe. The way you said that. Uh, we should be calling Miss Catherine McPhee, hey, clown. Gesture, hey, clown. you've done it again. When we saw her damn $500 donation to the Republican Party as of June 2020, I had to stop and really think about that. And I had to think but back But does it thoughts. surprise you? Does it surprise no. you? The, the woman's married to David Foster. I heard on the set of Smash, she would often act conservative. Wow. And conservative <laughs> behavior aligns with conservative values. Wait, hold on. I have to say, that shook what? me when I found out. And so much has shaken me over the past several weeks. But why would it shake you? Why would it shake you, Matt, that like this like white woman like <sighs> is, is is not like politically like aligned with you with your interests like why i would don't that like hearing you? it i don't like hearing it about any boco alum i don't like hearing <laughs> it about <laughs> this is ultimately about boco alum <laughs> i don't like hearing that any boco alum has been donating to the republican party wait i i was really like shocked by this because i guess what it is is it's like she's an idiot we should just first of all say that she's yeah. always been stupid she's a dumb person <laughs> 
<laughs> to now with now to me it's like obviously that was some i want to know did the gay who does her twitter did he quit because he's got to go well wait wh- wh- why does that matter because he can't be associated whoever this gay is that runs her twitter and there's a gay <laughs> who runs her twitter and it has to be because she sometimes does like come through with some tweets that I'm like, all right. And whoever she's employing yeah, to do yeah. that, I hope puts in their two weeks notice. If if that two weeks notice is not accepted, I hope they walk right out. There was just the joke of, hi, my little log cabin Republicans. I <laughs> love that. Love that. Laugh. Hi, my gay boys. And now that I think that she said, how hi, my gay boys, I'm like, get don't ever speak to us again. Nothing has ever made sense with her. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Something's off. Something's off. I mean, this just means that you gotta be you gotta be a Megan Hilty person at this point from this point on. Oh, if you're not Megan Hilty Hive, then we can't talk. We, we can't, can't talk. talk. If you were still waffling between Team Karen and Team Ivy, you gotta take a serious long walk. And that's actually rule of culture number ninety-four. If, if you, you are, are still, still waffling, waffling between, between Team, team Ivy, Ivy and, and Team Karen, Karen you, you need to take, take a long walk. 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 It's right there in the name, Team Karen. Now, I really want to sort of switch gears, and I I am... Oh, my God. Her name was Karen. Yeah. It all makes sense. Jester, you have done it again. Jester, you have done it again. I want to switch gears real fast. Speaking of jesters, I'm finally on your side on Team Matt with the whole vow discourse, because I can't believe we're still on... We're on episode five. We've we're, we're, we've only crested the hill. There's four more episodes left. And I was talking to our friend Joe Firestone about this over text. Too many shots of people thinking and standing and putting their hands to their mouths. Too many shots of people thinking, girl, this is not a game show. Okay? No. I don't want to see people think. It's full of jesters. It's jesters jesters. that are making the vow. I'm really on my jester grind today. I feel (laughs) that the the nation is full of jesters. And I'm not even kidding. Let's just say this. I am 100% in agree with you about the vow. And I actually haven't even seen the episode this week because it got such negative reviews that I was just like, you know what, girl? I'm actually going to take a little bit of a break and maybe binge it later. But that actually sounds like a bad plan because it's so boring. It just has these like long stretches of tension. But the rest of it is just like you're watching people like flip through photo albums and like talk about how their, you know, rich mothers talking about their daughters being like part of this. It's like I, I cannot sympathize with the wealthy at this time in the culture. I'm sorry. I totally agree. (laughs) And right now, I feel like we have been, because we've been topical because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've been sort of following the vow, and we've also been following the Real Housewives of Potomac, which this week was really on fire. Really great episode. It really was on fire, and we saw the beginning, uh, we saw the actual beginning of the physical altercation that was Candace and Monique, and I think we can reveal at this time that Bo and Yang <gasps> will be on Watch What Happens Live with Ms. Monique Samuels. And this October is 4th. too much for me! It's Watch What Happens Live is my favorite show. It's my favorite show. I'm very excited. October 4th. Oh, hon. Oh, it's, it's going to be with... Did, wait, did you say who I was going to be with? I said I said it was with Monique. Monique. Monique Samuels. The villain of the season. Sympathetic, though, in, in a lot of ways. I'm actually still team Monique. It's storylines that sort of go back to season four, I would say, you know? Like, the Monique, the Monique, um, Candace conflict has been sort of brewing. I'm still team Monique. I'm still team you know, Monique. You I, know, I, but I can, I can sort of see where Candace is coming from, too. So Candace last night on Watch What Happens Live, on Watch What Happens Live was paired with Michael Rappaport, which I thought was very funny. But Michael mm-hmm. knew the ins and outs of all of Potomac, all of Beverly Hills. He's a well, huge he Bravo is, fan. He's the number one Bravo fan in all That's of right. the country. Yes, yes. Um, so 
you know, and and I gotta say, like, Candace, the reason why Potomac is my favorite franchise is because I truly am rooting genuinely for all seven of these women. I love all seven of these women so much. Mm-hmm. It's not like New York where I'm just like, God, I want to push Ramona into a sewer. I want to... I want to yeah. take away her 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 things. I want to I want to <laughs> watch her suffer. Yeah. Um, but with Potomac, it's like, oh no, I love all of these women. Genuinely. I know it's hard to watch them fight, and also yeah. we haven't even discussed the fact that the of the Michael and Ashley of it all. I oh, mean that girl, would, that that scene was too much for me. Take him out. I, I we don't need to see him. We don't need to see his blotchy ass face. I'm gonna revisit this later. I don't think so, honey. And that's that on that right now. Okay. But um, we will talk more about that when when I don't think so, honey, rolls the damn around like it always does on an episode of Lost Culturistas. And you know what also always happens on Lost Culturistas? What's that? Well, it's actually not true. But what I was going to say is we always <laughs> have a guest. And this episode is Jester, no different. You've done it again. Jester, I have done it again. And speaking of Jester. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, this episode we have today, this is a episode that's close to my heart because i have very rarely actually become i feel like so close with someone so quickly and i actually haven't seen our guest since we wrapped filming the show that we have coming out this week or i should really more say that she has coming out this week because the show was inspired you well i'm hosting i'm presenting the program and this show she's the jacques torres to your nicole buyer in many ways. In many ways. And then Robin Thede is there being Robin Thede and killing it. By the being way, let's statue. stop everything right now. We have to stop everything right now and say Stunning Robin look at the Thede. That was one of the best Emmy looks I have yeah. ever the level seen. Of serve. One of the best the red level of looks. Serve. Wayman and Micah dressed that young woman. And I have to say something. They also mm-hmm. styled us for our show called Oh my God. Hot Dog. Now, Hot Dog, as I've alluded to on the podcast, is coming out this week. It's coming out on September 24th, which is truly tomorrow. Or actually, honestly, midnight tonight. I can't wait. I cannot wait to watch this. Can you even believe? I have been, I would say, just as excited as you for this. Wow, that's huge. I've been pretty excited. I've been pretty excited. I've brought it up sort of casually in our conversations. I'm like, I can't wait to watch this damn show. I think that you'll really enjoy it, even if I wasn't in it. I think that you would, like, love it. So we actually, Jess and I, got to watch the first episode today, and it is really fun, and it's really watchable. It's going to be super bingeable, and you'll be able to binge it when six episodes are released at midnight tonight, a.k.a. September 24th, um, Thursday, for people who have decided they were going to sleep tonight and and wait and wake up in the morning and watch it before they, um, you know, get on their Zooms for work. And it also will be available at night if you'd like to do your Zoom work first and oh. then start to binge the show. So there's so many ways you can go about watching Hot Dog on September 24th this week. Um, but what it is, is it's a dog grooming competition show. And that is apt because our guest today is a legend in the dog grooming industry. And I actually was privy to all the contestants on the show sort of gagging over our guest here today who is the head judge she's like the the grooming expert yes and robin Thede is the hot expert like she's judging based on like trends and fashion and all that but not only (laughs) is our uh, yeah and i'm the host and i'm like sort of like gay and squawking and walking around and so this 
is so fun, and I can't wait for you guys to watch six episodes that come out this week. And in addition to all that, our guest is an author. You can get Jess Rona's Groomed. It, it will look perfect on your coffee table reader. I know yeah. it. And a powerful Instagram influencer, okay? She okay. actually revolutionized something called giving dogs their Beyonce moment. Have you seen the this? Wind machine, the wind machine and the music. Darling. Essential. Dar essential and making the dogs look like true dolls. She's an artist. She's a true artist. Phenomenon, icon, and our guest today. And I want you all to welcome into your ears at this time, my friend, the wonderful Jess, Jess Rona. Rona. Come on in, woman. Come on in, woman. Wow, are you giving yourself your own applause? <laughs> I've always That's wanted to do that. <laughs> Wow. I honestly, you're actually giving I've me. I've always a, wanted to do that. That's a really good idea for us. Maybe we should put in a little sound effect every time we have a guest. <laughs> yes, we should. We should have a sounding board. We should have a a, a thing. We've always wanted. I've always that. wanted to do that. Am I inspiring you guys? Yes, you are. you are. Look at this fount of creativity that you have been already. Thank you. I was Thank looking at you, you and I was saying, I was saying, she's a fount. She's a fount. Guys, she's a fount. Wait, I have to tell you something. What? You guys. Not ruined, but you inspired me to not love the vow either. Oh, okay. what do you mean? Were you were you like very much into it, and then you heard us kind of like be dour and, and I wasn't and ever very much into it, but I felt like maybe there was something missing, or just it was so slow. I was enjoying it and looking forward to each episode, but after the third episode, I I listened to your episode where you guys started talking about it, and I was like, holy shit, they are right. Like it's. It's like boring and slow and and it's like I want I like but I like when Matt was like I love how it's like the the voiceover over that visual which was really cool and mm -hmm. it's not like 100% oh, yeah. bad but no. yeah There's I'm good just kind of like I'm it. disappointed in it cuz I totally listened to the uncovered Nexium podcast. Did you guys listen to that? Mm. I didn't. I don't think Matt did either but you so you're getting the full like compendium I already knew of the this story. Yeah. This is a new spin on the story. But mm. yeah, I'm with you guys. Yeah, oh, I have wow. to say, like, it just, it doesn't take a lot for me to be like, I stand this show about not being in a cult. Like, I watched a lot of Scientology <laughs> in the aftermath because I truly, but the thing is. You, this but is that's because you love Leah Remini and there's and a that's person what it is. pulling you and, in. And I'm telling you. It needs a Leah? It needs I, a I Leah agree. type. It needs a Leah. It does. Because Leah is so upset and yeah. she just cares about these people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see the Paris Hilton doc? No. Oh my God. Wait. Did you watch it? Can you talk about I it? I did. Wait, Bowen. Did you watch it? I, I I just before this recording watched an interview of Paris Hilton on the Drew Barrymore show, and it was just like <gasps> very How's bizarre. How's the Drew show? I have to. I want to see that. It's it's um, surreal. It's it's it it, it it sort of harkens back to like Tyra Banks's daytime sort of oh. like stint. But so wait, Jess, did you watch it? Yes. Um, I watched Report it. Report to and, us. What well, is I can see where you would think it would be like a victim thing, but it's sort of something where she's like, I've become a character. It, this isn't me. Um, and I don't want to be this anymore. I think mm -hmm. she could have leaned into that a little bit more, but it is. I just my heart goes out to her because. Um, well, damn. She has these horrible nonstop nightmares of being dragged oh, no. out of her room um, and taken to boarding school. And I think. I think that actually happened and her parents were just standing there and they didn't do anything and they dragged her out of her room. She was like, help me. And they didn't do anything. And she went to this boarding school where 
the people who were in this boarding school are now calling themselves survivors of it. Yeah. Because it was mm. so, they were abused sexually, physically, emotionally in front of everyone. It's, and they, they keep using the word traumatized. Wow. And it sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, she talks about how the sex tape came out when she was 18. She did yeah. not consent to it. Right. And she's like, it se- it feels like I was raped. So, mm-hmm. like a ci- It was like a cyber rape. She's yep. like, it seems like I was raped like this. And can you imagine? And she's like, I can't trust my parents. I can't trust my family. I can't trust anybody anymore. And yeah. it's like, just imagine. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course, she created her reality and all that. But, you know, she's just, I just feel my heart really goes out to her. And she seems like such a good person. Like, I recommend watching this. I have heard that um, she comes off as someone who is who makes a lot more sense after after someone would watch it because exactly what you're saying is true. I mean, that is a sexual assault. I mean, when someone's when someone's nudes leak and like we're we're just so desensitized to it, like the whole sex tape of it all, and like there's so much questioning about how those things get out there and like what the intentions are of the person in them or did they release them, whatever. And I feel like because they, they quote unquote gain so much from those releases in, in the eyes of the public, because we think fame is everything. Um, we're not actually thinking about and considering like the trauma that that yeah. is. And I think that, you know, it was only when Jennifer Lawrence's nude photos leaked that someone that was in that that it was happening to use the words sexual assault and that they felt like they were being raped. And sure. that makes perfect sense to me. And I've heard that Kathy Hilton comes off really bad in yeah. the documentary. She really does. She just doesn't ever apologize. And maybe she wow. did in the interview, but they don't put it in the edit. So I don't know. But it, she just wasn't like, listen to me. I love you. I'm so sorry this happened to you. I'm in so much pain because I know that I caused this. She should have, you know, as an audience member, I was wishing that she would say something like that. Mm, But, um, you know, and like, it's, yeah, it's just really sad because she was an 18-year-old girl. And when the sex tape came out, it was, oh, look at what a slut she is. And never talked about this older man who did this to her. And he never really was held accountable. Sorry, did this just totally take a turn? No, no, no. no, This is great. This is great. No, this is great. This is great because, well, because she was saying in this interview uh, on Drew Barrymore that uh, the original sort of intention for this doc was just to show her as this businesswoman which which is this other thing that she has that she has had to sort of like correct for because people have just thought of her as this like frivolous person um but that was like the original sort of way in but then she and the director got so close that the director was able to sort of have Paris open up to her about this really traumatizing experience at school um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I just like that it sort of organically came out of this um, baseline, foundational sort of premise that like makes sense and like wouldn't be too compelling necessarily. But like, but wow, I mean, yeah, I mean, she, she, I mean, Matt and I, Matt and I sort of met her. She, she, she. We, is we didn't very, sort of meet her. We literally met her. We, we met her. her when at, at uh, Tribeca Film Festival, Vulture Fest for for Vulture. Yeah, 
we were we were working for Vulture. We she, it was the Tribeca Film Festival, and she was um, promoting the other documentary. It was the American, uh, American Meme. Meme. Yes, yeah. and she was like a big part of that, and she really wanted people to see it because I do think it's important to her at this stage that people don't see her as you know what she created in the wake of her very sudden in, and intense fame. And I think that you know we should also say. She's a very complicated figure. Like yes. she, she definitely did come out and say that she was like she was definitely a Trump apologist, and she may very well be a Trump voter. Um, yeah. We don't know, but she definitely said some weird shit about him. So that's tough. But at the end of the day, it's like something that I don't think we as a society really ever grapple with. And I think now we're all like, hashtag free Britney, come on, please. We don't ever take accountability for the way we treated no. those women at that time. And I'm specifically talking about Britney Spears, Paris Hilton. Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, who mm -hmm. these women are now shells yep. of what they were. And mm -hmm. Paris is like still standing and still doing her thing. But you see now that it was not... Like mm. this rose-colored glasses world, like it was tough. Like they went through serious stuff, and I think the paparazzi moment that was like that those years of like 2005, 2010, like that was like a really dark period for young mm -hmm. Hollywood. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. But that that culture is dying now. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised that there are paparazzi now. Anyway, are they? Do they still exist? Well, now, like, the common conception around paparazzi is that, like, anytime your photos go on Us Weekly, it's that you called them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you Which know? happens, I think. I mean, th that was, like, a whole plot on Selling Sunset was Christine yeah. was, like, like leveraging against the other women being, like, well, you know, Heather's, paparazzi Heather's don't just in. show up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. Then, yeah, <laughs> but I love, that, I love that, that that can be a thing. <laughs> but I love that Christine is demystifying like paparazzi culture <laughs> to the audience yeah. anyway. Now I want to now now I have to watch this. Yeah, I, I really want to watch it. You do recommend it? Okay, I'm well that's I'm shocked that I know something that I've watched something that you guys haven't. I was so scared coming on this podcast. No. Because you guys are so I mean you're just tapped into the pulse of You culture. think we're literate? <laughs> Are you what? saying we're literate? Are you calling us literate in pop you culture? Are you are culturally literate, and I am culturally <laughs> illiterate. We have That's a good media, media diet. We have I a mean, good I'm cultural not diet. Illiterate, but like, yeah, no, you guys. I was like, they're going to talk about so many things I have no clue about. No, 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 no. We've been spinning our wheels and talking about the Vow in Potomac for like four <laughs> weeks. At this oh, point. I started watching Potomac because you'll so you'll love it. It's great. Yeah, it's so I think good. I did. Didn't I tell you it was the crown jewel? Yeah. I started yeah. watching it, and then I got really into Succession. Have you guys seen Succession? I'm on season two, so what? I'm gonna start it this. Oh, week. you're on season two. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, yeah. Like, you said like you. I'm in I'm season on. two. I was like, what? I'm ch I'm Cherry Jones. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have Cherry. Cherry Jones. <laughs> no, but I honestly like. I was watching the Emmys. Let's. Did you watch the Emmys? Did both of you watch the Emmys? No, but I saw who won and who didn't. Yeah, for the most part. All right, part. so I have some thoughts about this too because Succession. I actually hadn't seen, and I have been really wanting to see it. And obviously uh, now I really, really want to see it. Not mm -hmm. that I needed it to win Emmys to want to, but um, I, it, it's like, here's my thing with the Emmys. It feels like succession was like, 
what won the drama awards. Watchmen is like what won the limited series awards. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Schitt's Creek Schitt's is Creek the only crushed. show that won a comedy award. <laughs> so it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. interesting to me, like whenever the Emmys come around and I sort of vocalized this on Twitter what, during the show and people wanted to kill me because the white gays the who love Schitt's Creek are out for blood I, and i really you weren't not, even being specific you weren't even no, being specific about Schitt's i'm creek. not coming for Shit's creek and i i actually if people if people want to know i think Catherine o'hara and eugene levy are legends i think annie murphy is a star and mm-hmm. i have the utmost respect for dan levy for creating that and using his privilege and the nepotism that he very much has because let's be real like he has it and he actually created something that people really connect to instead of garbage or instead of doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he used his massive privilege and, and like the nepotism that he got from being able to run a room while never having a single day of experience doing that, which is unheard Mm -hmm. of. And Mm -hmm. he used that to create something that people fucking love. And I respect that. My perspective on it is one thing shouldn't win everything. Yes. Exactly. In the year 2020 with so much, with the glut of good TV that's out there, and this applies to Succession and Watchmen and um, and Schitt's Creek. Like the one thing shouldn't sweep every single category. It's just Even not though, possible. You know, it's, yeah, it's, you, yeah. you can't tell me. You cannot tell me that one thing in every single aspect was the best thing across the board. But the media really takeaways. But the ways that the Emmys are like promotional arms for the TV industry. Like the takeaways for every year are Fleabag crushed or. Mm-hmm. Shit's Creek Maisel. Crush or Veep yeah. Ma- Maisel Crush. Modern you know, Family like, every year. Like it seems like Exactly. Yeah. You know what so I mean. So I this is just part of like the this is part of the narrative of the Emmys, which is that show did great. And it's not like the Oscars where it's like, you know, every movie that wins an Oscar gets like eight sequels. It's like <laughs> it's like there's 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 in, it's just incentivizing people to watch these shows as they fill more episodes. Mm-hmm. That's just like yeah. that's kind of built into the Emmys in a way that um, is unique to them as this awards show. Do you watch Shit's Creek, Jess? Yes. Do you love it? I love it. I do think it's not a perfect show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get not, I'm uninterested in storylines yeah. or uninterested in characters. Mm-hmm, but right. mm-hmm. like you said, Annie Murphy. I mean, she is yeah, she's so. Terrific. Fucking amazing! I cannot and like yeah. the 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 four the core four are incredible. The ancillary characters I don't love as much. Yeah, for me it just started really slow, so it was hard for me to get into it, and that's why I haven't. I th- I it obviously hit a stride um, at mm-hmm. some point because people love it so much, and I I am interested to get into it. My thing is just like. It won all four acting awards and series and writing and directing. And that to me is just like wild. And you also can't use the excuse to me where it's like, well, they didn't win anything for the first four or five years or whatever, because it's like Keenan is there and he hasn't won shit for 16 years. Okay. Betty Gilpin has not been recognized for Glow. And Darcy Carden literally had no nominations until this year. So don't use the whole thing of, but they've never gotten anything with me because that it doesn't hold any water. But Matt, you haven't watched any of these like sweepy shows this this year. You haven't wa- you haven't seen Watchmen. You haven't seen Succession. Is that correct? Why are you doing this to me? I haven't seen Watchmen either. You're not alone. 
I'm just saying, like, does I mean, I, this no, this probably like, gives you some perspective on this, where you're like, as someone who doesn't watch these shows, and as someone who consumes a lot of TV, I haven't watched these shows, and so it, th- these awards don't speak to me as a viewer to my viewing habits. Well, you know, I guess it's just. I'm, like, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not like discrediting you, and I'm just why saying are you it's, it's doing this to him? No, honestly, could you do this? I just want to know why you're doing this to me. First of all, my one question, my retort back to you is number one: Why are you doing this? To why me? are you doing Second this? Second of all, is literally this. There is so much stuff, and this this is the real truth. Over the past, like months of quarantine i have not wanted to watch anything substantial i've only wanted to watch the most trash thing i can put in front of me seriously and so it now down, it's stuff like, that goes down, it's not trash it's just stuff that goes down easy yes I, you're right it's not trash and it's actually important to say reality tv yeah. is not trash and it's rule of culture number three Reality, reality TV, TV is not, is not trash. trash. What a hot take in 2020. I actually I like am that. so hot. I'm so hot on this take. But I, I here's the thing. Like Watchmen, everyone, everyone that's obsessed with it is so obsessed. You with guys it. will love it. It's I'm so gonna watch perfect. It. It's, really, it's one of it's one of the best things I've ever seen. Wow. Same thing with Succession and Shit's Creek. People are fanatical about it, which means it's got to be doing something right. I just feel like it's crazy when one thing dominates everything. And I'm on the record with this about the Grammys, too, because the Grammys is really bad with it, yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. it feels like one artist comes in and they win everything. And it's like, you know, it's it's just weird. And I also understand that, you know, the nature of the way the Television Academy votes it's not like you get a ballot and you fail at everything. You know, actors vote for actors, writers vote mm-hmm, for writers, mm-hmm, producers mm-hmm. vote for shows that um, the, the the top line shows or whatever. So I get that it's not like that. It's just always sh- seems to shake out a certain way. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, this can't possibly be true. But I get that people love what they love. And I'm not coming for Schitt's Creek. The way sure. that people reacted towards The way me, the white gays... And it is, y- it is y'all. Day. It is us. <laughs> Girl. They were eating their um, own. Can I say something about succession? Please. You can yeah. say whatever you want about I succession. Just... Yes, whatever you want. This is your episode. <laughs> this well, is I just your wanted to let cult. you know, Matt, that it took me three episodes to really get into succession. The yeah. beginning was kind of slow for me, and I, it, I probably watched those three episodes within like a two-month period. Right, like I just right. was <laughs> not looking for it and I was like and my friend Sammy was just like you gotta watch it it's so so good and then finally I was like okay fine I'm just gonna sit down and really watch this and then episode four or five and then I was like totally hooked yeah by the end of season one you're like yeah you're in and and Matt you will be obsessed with Shiv the character of Shiv you will love um, I just first of all doesn't she look like a pinup character from or a pinup girl from the 40s like her face it's just that's what I think of and you know she's Australian yeah, I know. Really? And um and the 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 the, the husband. Du- uh, wait. Ro- Tom? Tom, 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 Tom is British. He is? Yeah. Oh. Tom's British. Let me just tell you, the acting, it's the best acted show I've ever seen. Yes, very good acting. I mean, you're talking to someone whose favorite show of all time is Mad Men, so I don't mind sitting with really? something. Really? I mean, it gets Mad good. Men's amazing. It's my best my favorite so, show. It's, it's, I just think it was per- so well done. Show. Yeah, um, succession so is like Mad Men. There's there's tones of Mad Men, but it's also so funny. It's like mm-hmm. Kieran Culkin is so good. He's so um, good. Oh, Cousin Greg man. is such a good character. I mean, like yes. there's there's so much to like about the show. Mm-hmm. There, really there are really there are funny moments where you're yeah. not expecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I I'm really excited to start watching it because I do think I will love it. Um, and then we should just also say the biggest shout out to Ms. Zendaya. 
Oh, oh my who God. won, bitch? She, uh, she deserves it. She so was, she That role she played, holy shit. She was so good in that show. It's one of those, it's it's this Matt Rogers criterion where n- <laughs> no other actor could have done that. I always no say like the award should go to someone who it feels like no one else could have done that part. You know what I mean? And I, it, mm-hmm. I actually rewatched the scene where she goes to, it was episode three of Euphoria and it's a scene where she goes to get drugs from her dealer and he says to her for the first time, I'm not giving them to you. And then she like freaks out at the door. Yeah, yeah. and she basically has a panic attack at the door. Yeah. I was like, you know, this young girl Zendaya is beyond. She is, not only is she a star in the way that she carries herself, but she is so gifted at acting. She's a great dancer. She is a fantastic singer. singer. I mean, she's captivating. She's one, she's like a, a like real crown jewel of her yeah. entire generation. And we're going to be talking about her for years to come, I believe. Yeah. I agree. I believe so. She is so good. Yes. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Jess Rona. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with... Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for what you want 
want to get framed. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Okay, we're back with Jess Rona. I want to know something. Oh. I want both of you to, in tandem, <laughs> oh. I want both of you to, in tandem, oh, track the <laughs> beginnings of the meeting, the, the the rapport you guys built on set. I want to know everything, because because Matt, Jess, Matt was truly singing your praises every single day. No. Um, I love you. I was you. like, okay. Oh my I was God, like, I she seems you. so cool. I love you. I adore you. Talk about the process of of, of the show and, and 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 how you guys became friends over the course of production. Well, I just want to say, and like this isn't like what happened in the beginning, but I I just well actually no right away I knew Matt is so easy to talk to, yeah. and I'm sure isn't he like he, yeah. he just like gets right there, and I think it's part partly because he's a Pisces, but like he'll just like mm. get on your level. And just if you're on your knees, he'll get on his knees and just look at like wow. we're in this together and like let's unpack, you know, let's talk. And what's it's your just, sign? I'm an Aries. Okay, great. We Pisces like Aries. That. Pisces Aries is very good. I'm supposed to marry an Aries. Really? I'm supposed to. Okay. I was in love with an Aries. Very really? Was, was in love oh with no. Bowen's a Scorpio. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. Oh, I get along well with Scorpios. Mm-hmm. I are we both fire signs? No. no what's a Scorpio? Pisces and Scorpio are water. We're oh, water. Okay, gotcha. Um, I'm water, 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 water. Yeah. Triple, okay. triple water placement. Yeah. I'm water, well, I water. I just, yeah. Are you water? I'm water. You're water? Okay, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I knew immediately that we were going to get along. We actually have a mutual friend, and literally, this is so funny because Bowen knows this person too from high school, Liz Elrenley. Oh my God, Liz. Liz. You went to so, high school with Liz? She was my sister's year at, in high school, yeah. No way. So mm-hmm. Liz is a writer. She writes for, she's written for so many things. She's most recently special. And I know her because she's very close with Jared. Um, but you, this, that was what we first started talking about. And I always, I wow. stand having a mutual friend with someone. I love it. Because then you can just talk about that mutual friend for like 45 <laughs> seconds to a minute. And then you're off to the races. You have the rhythm. Yeah. And then so you're, you're yeah. in. Oh my God, if you're ever, shout out to anyone out there, any reader who's nervous about meeting someone and and you want it to go well, find the mutual friend. That's so true. What if there's no mutual friend? What are are they to do? You got to service them sexually. Yes. 
And then you're off to the races. And yeah, you're off then you're to the races. You're 45 the seconds races. later, you know the you, rhythm, you're off to the races. <laughs> you're off to the races. Wait, speaking of shout outs, before this episode is over, I need to make a shout out to one of oh your, and you call your listeners readers? Readers. Yes. They read. One of your readers is a groomer, uh, and ooh. he's in Florida. His oh. name is Jonathan David. And Hi, he Jonathan loves David. you guys, and he's like, "Oh my god, Hi, I was David. listening to Las Culturistas, and I just and they just announced that Matt is the host of Hot Dog. That's my favorite <laughs> podcast." Oh, and, oh Jonathan and David! So he's gonna flip when I I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna shout out Jonathan. He's a very well, well-known dog groomer, and he's oh really? Yes, he is just so talented. He's a judge. He's like very fancy in the grooming world. Will he come on the show? Oh, yes. Oh you would out. No, I he mean come die. compete on hot dog. Oh, compete. Oh, I thought you meant like as a guest on this show. I was like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes, why not, Jonathan? No, David. here's the thing. Like, I don't think he wants to compete anymore. I think he wants to just be a judge. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. want to go back to competing. That's interesting. He's 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 earned his spot. But okay, yeah, but, but, totally. so I, I I still want to know more about this um this the, this friendship budding. But but just talk a little bit to me as a as a as a person who's not versed in this, who's not literate. Um, <laughs> what what the what the network of dog groomers? How that sort of what that looks like? What the shape of that is like? Because I feel like you came into it, you came into it the way you came into it with these like uh, these incredible videos, and then did did you start to sort of like pick up on this network that was already sort of in place? I actually so there are trade shows and conventions throughout the year all over the United States. And it's always the same people at the trade shows, Mm. all the same scissor booths. And, you know, Mm. and Matt loves when I say scissoring spray. Can you say Um, scissoring spray again? Scissoring spray. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, you see all the same people, um, and there are grooming competitions at these trade shows, and you see all the same competitors. So it's kind of like a grooming community. And so I was I was competing back in 2012, and I was just really invested and involved in the grooming world, wanting yeah. to get better. There's seminars, classes. It's a whole world that yeah. people don't realize. It's an amazing community. It really yeah. is. And so Jonathan David is sort of like he's he judges grooming competitions and he's just he teaches seminars. People ask him for advice on haircuts or business and because his business is really successful. And so he's sort of like that type of person in the industry. Um, Mm. But, yeah, I started making my videos actually when I was kind of in a dark low place in my life and I was just antsy. Mm. And so the videos weren't really like. Well, they they made me well known in like the real world, but like mm-hmm. um, I didn't get well known in the grooming world until like a few years later. Mm. And yeah. so, what what was that? Was that just kind of like you built an Instagram presence, or were you doing really well on the circuit? Like, how did you become? Because you should see like, and you will see like the re- respect and the reverence that the contestants have for yes. Jess. She yes. truly is like you know the. Um, I'm trying to find a a good one to one, but like, and the I Anne don't Hathaway Oprah. of dog grooming. Oh she, God, she is, stop! <laughs> no, oh, we love Anne. <laughs> we love Anne. So she, I so, said but Oprah, she, but you know, no, Oprah, she really, the Oprah of dog grooming. 
what I'm saying is like, I'm trying to make like a one to one on like another reality show, but like what I mean is like she is like the Simon, like like if you go in addition She's for American Mary, Idol, very Mary, very Mary Berry, maybe very that, very like Tom Colicchio, that. Yeah. So, um, yes. and I was just like really <laughs> observing everyone come in, and they see Jess, and you know they look at each other, and they're like, oh my god, because they're seeing like a celebrity to them, and yes. um, a lot of times you would know those groomers as well that were coming on and competing because this is the community, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Y'all know each other. I knew a lot of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. But like, you know when you meet someone and they're just so good at what they do and you're just like, it's like magic? That I'm like that with groomers too. I'm like, your work is so good Mm -hmm. that you get a little starstruck. And um, it's still, uh, you know, something I'm not used to when people react to me that way. But um, yeah, that's how it is in the grooming world. It's just a tiny version of like, you know... Hollywood just how did you get into it like how did you get into dog grooming like what what because it's something that you know you know it has to happen but (laughs) you you don't think about when you're like growing up like I'm gonna grow up and be a dog groomer it's just not what you think so how did you get into it it's not what I was thinking some people do some people yes yes well a lot more now after this show comes out well I think so I hope so I'd love to change the grooming industry um I stumbled upon it. I just needed a job when I was 18 and I started bathing dogs because it was the least nine to five job I could find. My mom always got cat food at PetSmart and she dragged me to PetSmart, you know, and she's like, oh, there's a help wanted sign. You need a job. So and then on the application, there were all these different jobs that you could do at PetSmart, like work in the aquatic section or work as a cashier or whatever. And then I see dog bather. And I was just like. Okay, well, I don't know anything about dogs. That sounds cute as fuck. It sounds cute (laughs) as fuck. It doesn't sound like a regular job. Um, And so I started doing it without ever thinking it would turn into a career. I was always wanting to be an actress. I Mm. was class clown. I was like just a ham wanting to be an actress. So I was like okay, I'll do this for now. And then over the years, I started grooming dogs more. I started learning, you know, how to do a schnauzer cut and what's a cocker spaniel cut or whatever. And I just started to learn how to do it over the years. Mm. So it just kind of happened organically. And then how long after you're doing it do you start competing? Oh, my God. So I I was also waiting tables a lot and my my dream was to be a waiter or waitress and I could <laughs> wait tables and then go on auditions during the day and right. wait tables at night that mm-hmm, was my big mm-hmm. goal you wanted um, to do the grind I wanted to do the grind baby so I <sighs> ended up um, I was waiting tables at night grooming dogs during the day I worked at Buca de Beppo um, oh my god Beppo. huge are you gonna go to the Capri at the Grove <laughs> which, which Buca de Beppo I worked at the one on City Walk. Oh, oh my god Incredible. You are really a legend. Thank you so much. I was the you one really that gave are. tours of the kitchen. You know when you would go in and, and people would give tours of the kitchen? I would do no. that. I waited. I was a food runner. I was Performer. just like, my dream was to be a waitress. Oh, my God. I was an iconic waitress, too. I was also Were a you? food runner. Yeah. I, 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 there was a whole summer where I was a food runner, and it, I couldn't touch a plate that was too hot. Give me a plate that's mm-hmm. hot. I, I can handle it. Oh, oh I bet. God. I can see that. And also, we had three flights of stairs, so I would carry, and I could still do it. If you give me a big-ass tray, I bet I can carry three lasagnas on that tray up three flights of stairs. I bet I could do it. And then give a tour. And then give a tour afterwards. Honestly, name another legend. Name another (laughs) legend. 
That's Jess my new Rowan. thing I say about Bowen and now Jess. Name Thank another. Name another legend. Whenever, whenever Bowen puts out a, a photo that's fire, I just say, name another legend. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually t- r- title of that. Name another name legend. Name another legend. I love that. Okay, so Jess, so you're waiting tables and you start to compete. So, yeah. So I waited tables and I slowly started actually phasing out grooming. And I moved to New York, started oh. doing UCB, was yeah, working UCB, at the original. Yes. I was just like waiting Stand tables. Social. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That also had three flights of stairs, which was very weird. Um, and so I kind of quit grooming for a little while. And then I realized I don't want to be a waitress anymore after six years. I was just like, I, I, I remember this skill I had. And I was just like, I, I want to really get good at grooming. So I came back to L.A. after living in New York for a few years and I just dove into grooming dogs, and that's where I started competing. That's when I would meet my grooming idols and ask them a million questions. Mm-hmm. And that's when I just decided to get really good at it. Wow. But while also keeping this track of acting, because like, cause, cause she books and she she, books. She's, doing, she's doing things. Well, so I was an intern at UCB at mm-hmm. night, and, and I was like, I lived up the street from UCB Franklin and worked across the street at Tailwashers. So I never left that little corner and I was just immersed in dog grooming and improv for so many years. Yeah, just trying to get good. Well, that's literally where I live. You know, that's not not the science, not the Scientology Center. No, I live behind Gelson's on Bronson. Oh, oh so you know that's literally my neighborhood. I, I, my, my neighbor is Kirstie Alley in the Celebrity Center. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally oh i know exactly where you live because mm. i have your address yeah literally. That's true. um but yeah go. but so <laughs> then you are you're like competing and when does it get to the point where you become like really really good like like and when did you realize like oh this is like i'm not competitive i'm like i'm like one of the one of the ones i think i started realizing that when i was um so i got fired from my job because i kept having to leave for auditions And honestly, I don't think I'm a good employee to have. I'm very entrepreneurial. And like, I think my boss was right for firing me Mm -hmm. because um, I just had to leave all the time for these dumb commercial auditions that you'd have to go to Santa Monica, like at the drop of a hat. And so I started working. I converted my garage into a grooming studio. And it was that time when I was able to, I wasn't very busy. People didn't know what, I just wanted to groom my friend's dog. So I didn't have a ton of clients. So I just really took my time and would take, like, I would just do one dog at a time and just really work on my craft and getting really good. Um, And I entered myself in grooming competitions and I placed in every competition. I didn't win until last year, but- um, I placed and um, I just I think when you make a decision to do something, it's very powerful in, oh, in yeah. anyone's life. So I just decided in any kind of endeavor, like like mentally committing yourself to something is kind of it sounds simplistic. It sounds reductive, but it's like sometimes that is just very, very, very powerful in the ways that you follow through on that. That's 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 very cool. And so yeah. it went from like you're grooming your friends' dogs to you now groom the dogs of Katy Perry, you know, like uh, I think Ellen Pompeo. Like uh, <gasps> you are now a celebrity dog groomer. <laughs> I love Ellen Pompeo. 
I mean, we love Ellen Papaya. I know. I met her. She's a schmoop. She has. She is the biggest heart. She loves her dogs. She's the coolest. I mean, you groom some cool. I mean, I can't believe you have a relationship with the Nugget Perry. I know. Nuggy. Nugget. She's my tiny little baby. (laughs) Nugget. Nugget has a sister. Daisy. (laughs) Oh, yes. A human sister. I was like, Nugget now has a human sister, Daisy Bloom. Yes. Daisy Dove. Daisy Bloom. Daisy (laughs) Dove. What's the hardest breed of dog to groom? Is it, is it a poodle, I would imagine? No, it's, it's... I love poodles. For me, I think it depends on the groomer. For me, okay. the hardest dog is a soft-coated Wheaton Terrier. Ooh. Those guys. Give me one, give me one second. <laughs> soft-coated. Well, you would be, you, this is another really <laughs> cool thing Oh, yes, the show. hairs are long, but they're the such hairs. beautiful dogs. <laughs> this is another oh, yeah. really cool thing about the show, too, is like, so I, I'm, I love dogs, but I didn't know all the breeds. This show has all different kinds of breeds, and every episode, it's like, they're all get, get, they all get assigned like a different kind of small dog they all have to do the same thing to in the mini challenge. And then in the main challenge, M-A-N-E, they basically oh, get any dog that. That they want to do a creative transformation with based on the theme. So there's themes like old Hollywood glamour. There's themes like uh, disco inferno. There's and themes Western, like star. pop yeah, star. Western pop pop star. There's, pop star is pop probably star. my one of my favorite episodes. It's amazing. I cannot wait for people to see it. And so what I want everyone to know is that the show, the aesthetic of the show, is very much based on Jess's aesthetic, which is like, how would you describe it? Yes. I would say kitschy 70s glam with a little wink and humor. Spacey Casey. Yeah. Casey Musgraves? I mean, I just love her, but, you know, it's just, I yeah. was getting Spacey Casey vibes. Really? I was like, this is very wood paneled retro, like, life. And the wood wow. paneling was just, it just happened. Like, the garage of the rented house I live in had wood paneling, and I would just... Mm-hmm. I would go to a thrift store or something and see a portrait of a dog and get it. And it just never really was intentional, but it just sort of organically appeared as my brand. And then I just, people were like, oh my God, the wood paneling, like they started reacting to it. And I was like, oh, I, this is my thing. Yeah. But well, I've always yeah. been really like a hippie and into 70s. And like, I've just always been like that anyway. Because you're from LA. So it's like 70s, but in the LA context where... It, you have these Hollywood elements in it. And like that is such a solid, you know, story just aesthetically. I love that. Well, I can't wait for you to see my new shop. I just moved out of the garage a month ago. We, just, we, we, we drove past it. We Did drove you? past it when you I was in the garage. I didn't see. I would love to come. I mean, I just took the aesthetic and like ramped it up and did mm-hmm. it the way I want to do it versus just yeah. the way it happened to to happen. Um, but yeah, I finally, after six years, I'm out of my garage. Wow. That it's garage a big is iconic, time. though. And the move from the garage to the corner of Larchmont and Melrose <laughs> is a <laughs> massive Huge. one. And it's I'm so excited for the store to open up, or the shop to open up, rather. Yeah, but I mean, my, it's open. I, is it open now? It's open. We did a soft opening. Yeah, we've been open for a few weeks. Wow. I never know what's open anymore in the COVID yeah, we're era. Open. Now I'm come so over. excited to know that people can, oh, I'm going to come. Um, but okay, so I want to know, like, because I-, I do know this, but how does it become a television show? What oh, you do? yeah. Well, um, okay, so people are fascinated with celebrity. 
I don't know. I don't yeah. expect you guys to understand that, but yeah. um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, so I've been approached to do reality shows for years and years, and I always said no. It's just not what I want to do. And I met Nicole, and she has this beautiful red poodle named Doug. And so I met Nicole's husband on set when I was Katy Perry's dog's glam squad. Okay? Uh, so Nicole Nicole is the producer of Hot Dog, Nicole Yaron, and she was like a producer for The Voice. And and she created Making It with Amy yes. Poehler and Nick Offerman. She's oh, yeah. a uh-huh. force. She's a visionary. Um, she is so brilliant. She's ba- I think she's a genius. Yeah, she's um, there's very few people that I've ever met like her. But um, so... So I met her husband on a sh- on set at a Katy Perry commercial thing where I was like Katy's dog's glam squad. And he's like, if mm-hmm. I ever get a dog, you have to groom it. Three weeks later, they got a dog and they're like, oh. they called me. And so I met Nicole through Rob, her husband, and she was like, we're making a show. And I was she when we talked about it, it was more of like a competition show. It was less like a reality show of like cameras following me. And more like something elevated and cool and intentional and and so um, and so we just over the years we developed the ideas and she would she sat down with me and she's like okay how do you picture the set being draw it out like draw it the like where would the judges table That's be so and where cool. would wow. yeah and so like and she actually sold the show on her own I mean she's so connected in this industry she sold it just off of the sizzle that we made. Yeah, and it was sizzle, an amazing sizzle. I mean, I mean that's I mean that's what made me want to do it. They sent me the sizzle, and I was like, "This looks like the fun, most fun show ever!" Wow. And so that's she, hard to do with sizzles. Let's just like put that. She has out a there. genius editor, yeah. and wow. I gave her like tons of like photos for reference and the vibe and the tone, and I just like put together collages of looks and and just visuals, and she put together this amazing sizzle and sold it and she was like you know she just kept calling me with good news mm. we sold it she, i found out gonna we be sold on it. hbo max then um, i found out we got picked up for 12 episodes like yeah. she just kept calling me with good news good news and i was crying i just i was like i don't i'm not a big crier but i'm crying uh, because my cool. two worlds are colliding yeah the, the who knew the dog grooming would lead me to the other stuff yeah it's amazing. It's awesome. And so Jess and I got to watch the first episode today and it's so much fun. And, you know, what really comes across is like me, Jess and Rob and Thede, like we really do have so much fun. We laugh so much. <laughs> and it's hard. I, I mean, I this is my first time doing this, but I've been told like chemistry like ours is not normal and it's mm. it's like the three of us just got along. Also, like we all have mutual friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew Robin because Robin came and did game show and was so much fun and such a pro. And we shared like uh, we were working on the same floor when she was writing a black lady sketch show and I was working on game show. And so um, we knew each other from that. But it's so funny because the producers were like, and of course, you and Jess and Robin will have amazing chemistry and that will happen. And I was just like, y'all are assuming that. But you can tell like people behind the scenes are like they're trying to establish this thing of like, and of course, the chemistry will be amazing. But you can tell that's what they're nervous about. And like, so we didn't yeah. we weren't able to like meet in person beforehand. Um, 
And then we just literally like arrived on set and luckily like the three of us started talking and didn't stop. It really uh. was just so fun. And Robin is, she's. I love her so much. <sighs> I feel so honored that she's in my life now. I feel like she has the biggest heart. She's such a good person. She's yeah, just she's one of those fantastic. loyal kind of ride or die type of people that would just like have your back and be there for you. She's yeah. just, I just feel really lucky. I think we're really lucky. We got lucky because none of us are like assholes. I just think we got really lucky because <laughs> it could have gone the other way. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. And also it's it's just like, um, I mean, Robin, talk about a hustler. Like she really works her fucking ass off. And she's so graceful. I'm a mess mm. when I'm when I'm like my cup is full. I'm overwhelmed. She was doing so much. During yeah. the shoot. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I just really admire her and look up to her. She's the best. We'll talk about um what it was like to shoot. Cause I feel like you guys were one of the like first shows to shoot in LA at least. Um, like during COVID. But like you you guys sort of reported this in the press release, no COVID cases mm -hmm. at all during the entire course of filming. They were so on top of their testing regimen for you guys. Um, what was what was that like? It was trippy. It was weird. So we we were ba we basically were like it was like me, Jess and Robin had like the backstage area and we were kind of just like all together the whole time. And then, you know, it's weird. Like hair makeup was basically in like hazmat suits, like <laughs> yeah. put it, putting our makeup on and everything. But I will say this. And this is something that um, I, I want to tell everyone that's, you know, nervous about getting back to work and stuff like that my takeaway from it was it really i always think like whenever i'm on set i and there's a good vibe it does become like a little family like i know our set was like a family is a kind of a cliche thing to say but one thing that i took from the experience was not only was everyone just so excited to be back at work and working and working on this show because it really is so positive and it's so it's so nice to see like the this profession get its shine finally yeah. because it never has but also everyone working on set was really taking care of each other and Good. it was like really like top of mind for everyone in coming to work every day like everyone was really taking the quarantining seriously everyone was really like, checking in with each other in terms of their physical space and everything so it actually like was an even better experience than a good experience is because you came into it with love and care and also came away from it after we had completed it and we had said wow we did that because i'll say this like i don't think i've heard of one other production that has not had one or at least one positive case that's Ooh. shooting right now we were really lucky that um that happened. And Wait, I'm so super there are other grateful. place there are other productions where someone tests positive. And yeah, and Shit, then they have I to like shut they have to like pause or shut yeah. down or that person can't work. Yeah. You know, like and it, you know, it's it's tough because no one knows for sure how you get or don't get this. So people are really trying their hardest. And you know, the tests aren't always accurate, but we were tested every single day. Mm -hmm. Um and you know and also it was like we weren't crazy. allowed to eat with everyone we weren't no. allowed to even mm. I, in the morning i would really want to just get my coffee but yeah. <laughs> someone's gotta was, get it someone was like hey can i get you something go, why don't you go inside and i'll bring it to you and i'm just like i mean it sounds great <laughs> to be waited on but honestly i just want to get my coffee you know yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. it's just very weird to like not be independent mm. right right but 
you know, we've we did it. And 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 Matt's kind of saying that like the consideration was built into this process being so, you know, precautionary, and everyone really had to look out for each other on this collective level where you're you're, you're you really are thinking about every single person in that environment. Which I mean, it's it's crazy that that was that sort of wasn't the firm case before in the before times where like. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't you wouldn't come into these situations necessarily being like, well, that we're a unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we all have yeah. we all have to like work together to make sure we can work towards this common goal. Um, to have like you know this this these these protocols in place, which are unfortunate and and whatever and bizarre, but like to have them kind of like establish this tone of well, we're all working towards the same thing is is pretty cool. Bo, how That's are awesome. you feeling about going back? Oh. So so many ways we don't have to talk about them <laughs> i'm probably i'm probably not allowed to That's okay fine. yeah probably probably got to keep a lid on it but keep um, a lid on but let's take a quick break and then we have to ask Jess the question yes okay so we'll be right back with Jess Rohn. there's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly burst refreshing bubbles colorful bottles and playful smiles galore bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories there's a lot to smile about each sip adds a burst of fun to your day i don't know about you matt but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs Classic Clogs and Sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get... 
Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. And we're back. Now, Matt, you asked the question. See, here's the thing. Jess actually texted me yesterday and she was like, I'm nervous about this part <laughs> of it. And I was like, why? And she was like, because there's so many different things I could say and I don't know what to say. And I was like, well, you have to choose the thing that... Um, in choosing your moment of culture that was the moment that made you say culture was for you, it's that thing that's that intangible thing. It happened, and all of a sudden, your life took on a new course, and you didn't know why. And she was like, okay, I'm still confused. I'll still think about it. <laughs> and I was like, that's part for the course. So I am now going to turn to Jess and no! say, what have you decided on? <laughs> what was your cult moment of culture that made you say culture was for me, Jess Rona? It can be multiple things, too, if you're torn between stuff okay um okay so these this is the these are the three things that i thought of maybe mm -hmm. you guys can can weigh in okay. we sure so can. i grew up in la in the 90s and i was very into ska music love okay. that um gwen <laughs> stefani when she was when she was um singing songs with sublime like that OC back yeah. in the day, OC oh, yeah, ska yeah. scene. Wow. Um, then OC I became <laughs> a raver. And <gasps> electronic music was really influencing me. You were um, a Molly Doer? I was a Molly Doer. I <laughs> a young Molly Doer? A very, I mean, this was 20 years ago. I was wow. doing Molly and <laughs> raving like a candy <laughs> raver. When I was oh a kid. Oh my god. There were kids at there were kids at school like seventeen years old who would go to raves, sixteen and like and like and like fucking roll. Yeah. And I was like, those kids are crazy. And now it's like my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. I wait, really? wait what's a what's a candy raver? I love I love mom. Oh, well, candy is I'm like dating mom. myself. Um Can candy is 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 it like flipping? Are you like changing drugs is that, is that no, what no candy flipping is a thing um back yeah. in the day when you would do when you were candy flipping it is my understanding that you were just doing acid and molly acid and molly oh, but you, yeah. were, you were like but you we were like staggering e. them we just called it e back in the day e. it wasn't I like know, yeah. the good e. shit i remember e. when it was e yeah yeah well yeah, like yeah. the good shit is molly and now it's like you know prime and powder and it's like a clean high and like that's the end of it but back then it was right. like cut with speed and you were up till 6 a.m like a lunatic oh um, my god not like I'm a drug addict seconds. or anything. I don't do it anymore at all. Um, <laughs> okay, so Scott into Raver. Okay, yeah. And then, and then, and then what? I'll complete the story. Oh, just, and then, like, I touched on it before, but, like, and I told Matt, I'm going to be such a nerd, but improv really changed my whole life. I, I mean, love I can't, this progression. I cannot. <laughs> Bowen Yang, you sort I of cannot, are very kindred like, with Bowen Yang, because Bowen Yang also did improv as a youngster. Really? Yes. 
Well, I was a late bloomer. I wish I did it when I was younger. I didn't start Mm. till I was in my late 20s, but I was really into it. Like a crazy person. Like in front of of line at UCB and every class. Yeah, we were all there. We were all there. Improv boot camp. Like I was like, it was a lot. I still think we have not as um, a community of improvisers or ex-improvisers, ex-UCBers, whatever, we let's just let's just keep it to UCB, okay? Because that's okay. that's like like that's where our circles overlap. Mm-hmm. What was it about UCB and that culture that made it so like ac- we were all acolytes? We were all like, oh my god, we have to stay up for all of DCM. Like, what was it about that <gasps> culture that made? Oh god! Like there there is something. I mean, I I, I don't want to like kind of like cheaply like compare it to a cult, but there was something like that just demanded your devotion to it and dedication to it. And I'm trying to figure out like what that was, like what was the promise? I have an opinion on this. And what do you guys, and I want to know what you guys think. I think that for me, when I was in high school, the cool kids were always like, that was not really attainable for me because it was just like, you had to be yeah. like straight and a certain l- way to look. And oh, yeah. um, the way that popularity was gauged just never really connected with me. And But I always wanted um, to be recognized for being good at something. And I feel like w- I always had a good sense of humor. And then when I saw, when I went to college and like saw the sketch scene, the improv scene, and then the UCB scene was like the macro of that in New York it was like everything mm-hmm. like if you were pursuing comedy in New York everyone was like well what when's your next UCB class that was just what it is I think that UCB at least in the way that I saw things at the time seemed to celebrate people for being smart and funny whereas popularity for me was always based on like looking a certain way or whatever and doing certain things or lifestyle things. Whereas this was like, Oh, these people who rise to the top are the quote unquote smartest and funniest. Mm -hmm. Now looking back, I know that's not true. It's like kind of like exclusive Mm -hmm, to certain mm -hmm. people. And I can see the exclusivities of UCB now in retrospect. But at the time I was like, God, to be able to go up there, say the smartest, funniest thing, and then become like a star in this arena. And I was always someone that wanted to act and perform, but I didn't ha- take acting classes or anything. And I thought this is a fun way to get into it. But I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I I mean, not the opposite of that, but I'm the opposite of like, I started off taking acting classes in LA Mm -hmm. and like having breakthroughs in my classes and just scene study classes and taking it so seriously and doing all this dramatic acting. And I went to a school called Playhouse West and I went all the way through the advanced program and I was just so into it, but I was never good at homework and I was never good at like preparing. And like, finally I was like improv. I don't have to break down a scene. I can just show up and play and um, and when I first found improv, I was like, holy shit, this is where I belong. This is what I want. These are my yeah. people. But I think you're totally right. It's like, it's magical when it's done well. Oh, I, it's like, oh, yeah. unlike oh, anything yeah. you've seen when it's done well. And I mm-hmm. started UCB in New York. And when it's when you see a magical thing like that performed yeah. in front of you, mm-hmm. And you're just like, I want to do that so bad. I want to be that. I want to be that good. I want to be that smart and funny and quick and all of it. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. like a drug. And it's also, you know, I think improv um, attracts a certain kind of person, you know, 
Yeah. We might be the underdogs in our real life in some way. And if you can succeed at this thing, then you're finally valid, like validated. You're finally funny. You're finally good. And you won't stop until you're good. And you won't be good until they say you're good. So you Uh keep going. You're competitive. Every, and it's also the culture, you know, everyone's just scrambling to get on a Herald team or a mod team. Yeah. And it's just, you know, a frenzy. God, I don't mm-hmm. miss it. Um, but I I do. I mean, I miss performing improv, but I don't miss feeling like shit so much. Yeah. I just felt like I wasn't good. I wasn't funny. You're not talented unless you're right. on a Herald team. But that was the common valuation. That was the common evaluation, like that you would, that everyone would sort of buy into, which was, oh my God, that Lloyd team audition was so awful. And they were just like, they just didn't really laugh. And it was just so awkward. And, uh, and, oh God, my, my, this indie, sh- this indie mm-hmm. team show is just, uh. it's like everyone was in this constant, as the, at this constant frequency of like discomfort, which is one thing that I'm like, that I, I still don't think we've like fully, like, I think, I think there's just time with more time has to, past before we like realize why we were really all just like so like uneasy because that yeah it's so interesting well because i put i put the weight of the world on it if i got on a team it means i got reps i can Mm -hmm. book things i could be a series regular on a tv show that's how big it was to me if i got on a herald team it means i will get on a tv show that's and that's all i wanted it was like my way out it was like, Ugh. it's a clear path with like steps in front of you where it's like, here you go, just get to this door. And once you open the door, all of Hollywood is going to cast yeah. you in everything and yeah, you'll have right. reps and people will believe in you and you'll be the cool thing. But that was only, that was only true for like maybe a year and a half. Oh my God. You know? All these people. Uh, I mean, look, it's been so, so many years since this happened for me. And I'm sure for mm-hmm. most people, it's just like you, now that we're out of it, You know, it's just, it was a little toxic and it's sad because really talented people thought that they were bad, (laughs) thought that they were not funny or talented. I mean, I will say, though, I'm sorry, really quick. Everybody, like not like so many people have the same story. And now I'm thinking, oh, it wasn't just me that felt like this. Sorry, Matt, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say I'm realizing now specifically why I I fell into the the UCB thing. And I do think it's this this is the case for a lot of people. And this is going to sound insane for me to say here. But I remember being so depressed when I was 18 years old that I like got back to my room in college. I was closeted. I was like crying. I just was like, not, it was not happening for me in college. And I wanted so desperately as like a, um, you know, kid who grew up on long Island. Like I wanted to succeed in the entertainment industry so badly. And I thought my skills aligned with Saturday night live. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I Googled Amy Poehler in my lowest moment. And I saw everything she had done. And I was like, I'm going to do exactly everything that she did to get to where she's at. And I got on my sketch team at college because she was on her improv team at, at Boston College. And I saw that she had a thing called UCB. And that's when I signed up for UCB classes yeah. because I thought legitimately, I thought this is a pathway to get to Saturday Night Live. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a lot of the way a lot of people think. And then once you get into the UCB community, there's different check marks that pop up because you're already headed toward a check mark. You know, when you're in your classes, everyone wants the same thing and we're all just trying to get on that house team. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like you become competitive with people and it's like we started at the same time and now they're on a team and I'm not yeah, or yeah. like there's just like a lot, you know. And so I'm it was just yeah, it was I think it was that consistent discomfort that is like, why are we yeah. doing this to each to ourselves? Well, it's also kind of right. there's something fun about it, though. Oh, you know my God, I, mean? I had like, a blast. <laughs> and yeah, I had a blast. <laughs> it was the best. We all, we, we all we all edit and run into each other and die. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I would so funny. I, I would love I got I never experienced like an all team edit. Where everyone swept. Oh, oh I loved that. Wait, I, that wasn't happened. that like a DCM bit where it's just editing <laughs> yeah, the yeah. whole time? Yeah, it sounds like a bit <laughs> show. But I, but there was a time I I used to see sets that like ended. Sometimes they just ended so perfectly that everyone would jump off the back line, and I was like, oh, that has to feel so good. So and bad, I remember yeah. like it's chasing I, that high. Yeah, yeah, I never I yeah. never succeeded at improv. I was more sketch that was more my thing but I remember like whenever the improv show would end and they'd all go backstage I would always be like I wonder what they're talking about I was like I wonder what they're all gonna say you know because it's such a rare it's a high when you have a great show and when you fucking crush it you know you're crushing it you just know it it's everything's working and you just it's a high and there's just nothing like it and I think that's another thing that kept people there is chasing that high of of doing well and you just never knew if the stars would align that night sure yeah but improv is one of those things where it just slips it's it's disposable whatever but but like those 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 moments of glory just sort of slip through your fingers and there's no actual sort of longevity or like or or just or just actual like physical substance to them um because because how are you gonna like how are you gonna use this but like where it's like it's like let's say with like writing or with like you know dog grooming it's like oh like there are ways that you can develop these skills and track them very concretely mm-hmm. whereas improv was just a little t- was was so arbitrary and then it, it just put you in it's it's the, it's this thing that puts you in your head the most i think out, mm-hmm. of, any, out of any other i'll never forget watching i i i had met bowen like my freshman year um but then I went to um, an improv show that Bowen was doing in college and I, I, I didn't really know Bowen super well. Like we had met, like we did, we had went with mutual friends to one comedy show. And then I remember I went to go see his improv team, Danger Box, and he came off the back line and he, he initiated a scene with no, oh my God, no, in a future world, the robots are the Queens. And I was just oh like, I'd be so, mad so at stupid. You. And I was just like, I was, ju- I was just like, this is like an I'd insane like, initiation. Oh God, here terrible we go. improv move. <laughs> terrible improv move. But I was in the audience and I was screaming because he had such star energy. Ooh, he was no. so amazing. Yes. You are, Bowen. You are. You are. So you are. You are. You are, Denise. Denise. Denise you, are. you are. But but Bowen, like, he just exploded off the stage. And I was like, oh, my God. And I do, I do think that there is something to that, too. It's like when you see people that are so amazing, it makes you want to be involved in it, too. Yes, and that's for Bo- sure. That was Bowen Yang. A hundred percent. That's, we that's can't, great. We can't talk about this. We can't talk about this. Well, I, I will talk about it. 
Um, wait, I do. Before we move on, I do want to talk a little bit more about ska into raver into <laughs> improv sure? into improviser. Okay. No, wait. Summarize these. Summarize these as, as the connective tissue as, as best as you can. Like, how did one oh go? Oh my into god, I've never even thought about it. Did you used to skank at like? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I had the Betty Page haircut. I wore Fuck creepers. Yeah. Um, oh my god! That's I so cool. would just go to all the underground ska shows and see <gasps> these like bands. There used to be a club called the Alligator Lounge. And it's like where the oh, New York yeah. theater is, like on Santa Monica off the 405. Like I would drive there. Um, but yeah, I would just, I was just very, I would go to all the sh- show every weekend, um, <laughs> you know, and just see all these little bands, date the guys, um, yeah. just be the groupies of the bands. I still Whoa. would, like, there's a band called Hepcat, and they were my favorite ska band. And Hep cat, like as in hepatitis cat? <laughs> yes, but no. Uh, <laughs> but if you if you ever are like in the mood for something fun and different, check out Hepcat. Um, Hepcat. Yeah, they were a great band. And um, I don't, so I, man, I don't even know what the thread is between ska and well, being a raver. It seems like all three of these things are built on community. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like you you're finding people who and like you're talking about like what you're seeing on stage or what you know. It's like you're talking about some shared experience. That's so true. Like, it's always yeah. like with a community. There's a community of ravers and a community of ska people. Ska people and, a, and, a sure. impro- and of improvisers. And of but improvisers. It's, it's not like this thing. It's not like this thing where you went from ska into like solo archery or whatever, <laughs> where it was like a very like solitude yeah. thing. It was like you you went from like group to group. And like, I don't know. Like, maybe yeah, that's, that's true. Maybe that's the I need a family. Okay, I need a family. Well, she okay. wants. Okay. I have. It's it's very clear to me. Oh. She wants to be in a community. She yes. wants to move, and she wants to sweat. Yeah. So, oh. you know what I mean. So, so basically, all these things are connected. When you're involved in the ska community, you're <laughs> skanking. Involved. <and> involved. <laughs> I'm involved in the ska community. You are involved in the ska community, and I actually, I actually, when I was in high school, I attended one ska thing at a bowling alley, and I skanked with the best of them. And I remember being so sweaty in my white t-shirt and black jeans, and I was just like really killing it and like I did not belong there at all but I was like this was so fun because it was like dancing but it wasn't like bump and grind like I didn't have to be sexual it was just like kind of like we're all kind of freaking out and doing our weirdo thing and then with rave culture it's like that's sort of there's sort of a progression there yeah you know what kind of ska was it was it like real big fish or was it like it was like real big fish it was it was like it was like you know Commercial Scott. Right. It was sort of it, like OAR commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was like very into like the old Jamaican ska. And oh, like, like authentic. Desmond Decker and yeah, Phyllis Dillon and the Toots and the Maytals, like that Holy kind shit. of old. Toots and the Maytals. Yeah. The like it's really. Passed away. Oh, yeah. I, oh. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. But, Dude, um, sorry, and then, sorry. I didn't mean no, that's okay. <laughs> Moment of silence. <laughs> But that's like, that's where I, I became a ska music nerd where I would just really get into like the old traditional ska music. And then like, do you guys know the bands like The Specials and Madness? No. From the 80s. Okay. So like, yeah, it was just, there's, and then became like Real Big Fish and like those big, like Less Than Jake and Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Gwen Stefani Mm. would perform. 
She did songs with Sublime back in the day. There, you know, no doubt really started off as like one of these smaller bands that yeah. came up when I was into ska. And then now, like, you know, she's a pop star, but. Right. So um, what do you feel about Gwen Stefani now? I mean, I don't, I, I like her. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't listen to a ton of her music, but I, I love, I, you know. She's an icon. I I don't know. There, she's definitely an icon. She's an icon. What I mean she's to say icon. is like there the is a conversation thing. That, well, no, not, no, not no. That. It's, 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 oh, okay. What? It's like the her her and Blake Shelton like hanging out with like Paul Ryan at ski lodges <laughs> and stuff. It's like that thing where it's like oh she's like she's horseshoe theoried herself from being very punk aesthetic into being like this conservative woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. You know, it seems like. She's it's evolving and it's her journey, love and light to Gwen. <laughs> love and light She's to Gwen. doing her Thank thing. Yeah. She certainly is. She, yes, she certainly is. Talk about very briefly your experience at the DCM party space. If that recall, oh my echoes of the God. rave. Were you a hoe world. there? I was Did a you... hoe. Yes. Yeah. I always wanted I was to be a drunk. I wanted to be a hoe. Drunk as fuck, stoned as fuck. Yeah. Getting disgusting in that basement hallway under Gristides. Mm -hmm. Just just like hooking up with the grossest, sweatiest <laughs> improvisers. Yeah. Dancing in midnight shows on stage, oh taking off my clothes, just being a loon. The things that I did in that space, mm. I once ate a carrot that had been in John Gemberling's ass. No. Oh my God. No. Yeah. Matt. I did. I did. What? I ate it off the ground. So basically, he had done an improv. This is scene. disgusting. Yeah, I, I, no, he had done an improv scene, and he had like me. he had like put a carrot in his in his underwear, and then like I guess the carrot came out, and ah! I, I I was so wasted in, in the improv scene after that I came out and like I was doing it, and they, I was like dancing, and the crowd was like <laughs> screaming, and they were like, "Eat the <laughs> carrot, eat the carrot," no. and I was just like, "You want me to eat this carrot?" And they were like, "Yes, <laughs> slut." And then I was like, I'm going to eat it. And I ate the carrot off the ground. And I the thought they, they were, and they were screaming. They were screaming. And they were like, oh they were like, God. oh my God. And I thought, oh, they're really freaking out that I ate this carrot off the ground. And I'll never forget. Wait. This um, James Dwyer. Stinky asshole floor <laughs> James Dwyer looked me in the eyes afterward and he goes, dude, that carrot was in Gemberling's ass. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? And I remember I just like could feel the carrot so in my didn't stomach. Know. No, I didn't I know it all. And I, I just moved on. I moved on from that. I, I like went on and, did, you know, did a new drug probably. Ugh, but wait, and we then tell years the... later, he would be the star of Broad City. <laughs> should we tell the readers what DCM is? Del Close oh, Marathon. Yes. It's like a huge. We've talked about it before on the pod. Oh, but you? If okay. you don't know, if you don't know, now you know. It's like. Delcos Marathon is like essentially Woodstock for improvisers every year, or at least it's it was. Twenty four hours for three days straight, five a.m. Mm -hmm. shows, at shows every mm -hmm. fifteen minutes, and yeah. you don't sleep, yeah. and you're disgusting, and you it's horrible. But and the amazing. biggest comedians and yeah. that are like related to improv in the world come and do it. And I mean, Del Close was like essentially the sensei of improv, and he was like the he was like a godlike figure in improv, which is problematic. But um, <laughs> you know he. He, in his image, was Del Close Marathon was created, and it was essentially like a festival for three days. And I remember it always fell on Pride Weekend in New York. Yeah, it was bad. Which was a nightmare. Oh, that's right. Terrible. Oh, Terrible. my Trying God. Trying to cross town during Pride in New York? Forget it. Forget, forget it. You're it. stuck uptown, baby. It. 
but just like for gay improvisers, that was like insane. You, you could, there was too much. There's too much stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, some some great horrible memories from. I mean, like the, those bit shows were wild. You had Diaper Baby, where everyone would come out and these men would come out in diapers full of shit. Um, you, I mean, there was just so much. I remember there was one where I think Matt and I, you and I, did something where people had to drink milk, like every scene. It was or, milk and peppers. So you milk had to, and peppers. It yeah, was you had right. to, you had to eat a hot pepper, and while that's you were right. doing the scene, and the peppers were so hot, and then you there was milk there to like stop the oh, the spice, spice and yeah. you had to do the scene without drinking the milk. That was the whole thing. Milk and peppers. Milk and peppers. And, and we, we also just... did we we did a I, I don't know if you were in this one, but me, Josh and Aaron and Pat and a bunch of people and Brian Foss and it was like it was all gays and we were all pretending we were from Boston and calling each other faggot. It was just fifteen <laughs> minutes of Boston gays calling each other faggot. And That's that was good. it. And that was that was a show. It was wow. all gay wow. men being like, Yeah, fuck. and just like and then it was just like <laughs> Comedy people. Some readers, comedy. some readers will not like that, but some I don't know. I don't like know what that. to tell you. It's a part of comedy history. Um, <laughs> the things that I ended up doing during DCM, I got my dick sucked on the street. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the first time. I no, the first and only it. time on Eighth Avenue at like two in the morning. I off grinder. I like hooked up with this guy on the street. Oh my god! In I could have gotten arrested. Of, like, Traffic? Like, did you tuck in, behind in a tree? Of, in front of God and Gristides. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm not kidding. It was dark. Wow, wow, But wow. anyway, I don't think so, honey. It's time for it now. I don't think so, honey. What is it? I don't think so, honey, is our segment where we each take one minute to really get angry about something in culture. Wouldn't you say? I would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's where we take one minute to rail against something yes. in culture. We get so mad and we rail it. Like like you're on 8th Avenue at, during DCM. Um, Ooh, baby. Okay, so I have something that I alluded to before. Okay. That's right. And I can't wait to hear it. Um, yeah. All right, so we'll go with, we'll go Matt, me, and then we'll do Jess. Yeah. Perfect. This is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. The marriage of Michael Darby and Ashley Darby. This has oh. to end. Ashley, yes. no. I, and, Ashley. and honestly, I think I get what you're going for here, which is you wanted to get pregnant again so that your your daughter could have a sibling because your sibling is important to you. I 100% understand that. But babe, mm. the husband's gotta go. Now that you're, husband, you have your family, man. your daughter has like gonna have their sibling, you gotta go, girl, because he is bad news. 30 seconds. I don't think so, honey. Michael Darby, I don't believe us. The thing that you say about not sleeping with these women, you grabbed and you grabbed the asses and assaulted member of the Potomac crew, something that for some reason does not get discussed anymore. I don't think mm -hmm. so, honey. Him. 15 and seconds. I don't think so, honey. Ashley, now that you know better, because fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Honey, you need to know <laughs> this phrase because you're about to get fooled a Five third seconds. time. And I know that you keep saying you're not afraid to leave Michael. It seems like you are. I don't think so, honey. You need to buck up. And that's one minute. No, your it's husband is bad. For Ashley, it's fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, still shame on you, yes, Ashley. She, she clearly does not know the. Oh, and Jess is playing phrase. the applause. Thank you. She doesn't know the phrase because if she did know the phrase, she would know that she is getting 
rode hard and put away wet by her husband publicly. And I can't believe the scene in Potomac, which was them at dinner discussing their business. And then he was like, Uh, we're done, we're done. And the producer came over and the fourth wall was broken yet again on a Real Housewives show. And she was just like, obviously through with it. And I think that she doesn't she doesn't want to be in this marriage at all. No, I think clearly. She, I think she wanted her kid to have a sibling because it's I think she feels it's important, but she needs to get out of that marriage. She loves her half sister and I don't I don't I don't necessarily think that she feels that like it's a more legitimate siblinghood for these kids to have the same parents. I think that it's so clearly, clearly fucked up. Michael's answering the phone as if she's a nuisance, even though he's only ever been in the wrong. It's like this guy is he's, one of the most vile human beings. Oh, he's one of the worst people on television. And it's 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 really getting to the point now where... Not as always, bad as Ramona Singer. He's unfortunately... Ramona Singer still takes the cake. I want her to die alone, as I've said. Well, she. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm. if it's Team Michael versus Team Ramona, I'm Team Ramona. I, I don't think Michael Darby is permissible i th- ramona ramona is maybe a white supremacist she keeps tiki torches in her garage i hope andy asks you about the, uh, all your claims against ramona and i actually have i to would say, love to pop off about ramona and i'd love to disappointed that you're not on an episode of watch what happens live with ramona because i think that oh that, i that would, would love be... to be i would love to be in the future i would love to be on an episode with miss ramona singer i would, would love you to give confront her, her the business yes really Oh, oh my god. god. I would love to do that. Okay, so basically the three is me, Bowen, and Joel. And Joel was on Watch What Happens Live with Ms. Kenya Moore herself. Yes, huge. Bowen is about to be on with Monique Samuels. And I am putting into the universe that one day when I get booked on Watch What Happens Live, God willing, inshallah, you one and day Rena? I get booked. I don't care. I I just want to be with a housewife. I want to be, be with a housewife. housewife. Yeah, it's gonna you happen. Are, you are, you are. It's it will. Happen. I want to be. It's my favorite show. When Bowen said he was gonna be on it, I immediately was like, I was popping off. I was like, okay, well, it might be Robin because she hasn't been on yet, and well, you know, <laughs> Candace was. She's coming on, and so I, I watch it every night. I love Watch What Happens Live. I'm such a bravaholic. You're a bravaholic. I was. I was gonna be happy with any of the the Potomac women, and I said that in my response back. I was like, I'd love to do it, especially if it's if it's with the Potomac housewife. And I'm so then, proud I mean, of you that you got booked on it. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm literally thank, thank you, girl. But Matt, but Matt was like, it's either gonna be, it's gonna be the options are Wendy, uh, Monique, Queen. or Robin Queen. And I was like, any of them, I would be so happy. With. I'm kind of disappointed that you're not on with Wendy because I think that you I and Wendy would become Wendy. friends. Me and Wendy, we could talk about like our immigrant parents. We could talk I know. About, like, I was thinking of you, you know, during this episode. I was like, I there's know. so many similarities. I know I love Wendy Acefo a lot. Anyway, sorry, we're 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 talking a lot of Potomac. I have I have an I don't think so, honey. Okay. So traditionally after I do my I don't think so, honey, Bowen Yang will do his I don't think so, honey, and that tradition is upheld tonight because it is time for Bowen Yang's I don't think so, honey, on this, the episode of Jess Rona on Los Cosaristas <laughs> as I get my camera up. All right, here we go. Bowen Yang, your I don't think so, honey, time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Cooking, it's messy, <laughs> it's hard, it's inconvenient. It's we we all sort of accept it as part of our lives. Even with restaurants, even with ordering delivery, cooking I, I, I can't believe that it's a necessary part of our there should be readily edible food growing off of trees in the parks, in the grass. 
stuff that's not just bananas and fruits and vegetables. Meals. Meals should be kind of coming from the 30 earth. 30 seconds. Capitalism has driven us to a place of disgusting surplus. Why are we not abolishing cooking? We should have ready-made food available to us at all times on demand. Cooking. Today I made a baked ziti. It seconds. was so difficult. And the process of collecting ingredients make sure the dishes were washed before you cook then after you took you got dirty dishes and you got to clean those dishes Five all over seconds. again it's a sisyphean task to cook because guess what you're gonna have to do it again because you gotta eat and that's one minute that was a <laughs> gorgeous dressing down and also explanation of cooking for all yes. the readers thank you jess yes you, the jess. applause is loud and it is raucous <laughs> Um, Hans, Hans says, I've never disagreed with I don't think I've so honey anymore. I've never disagreed with an I don't think so honey anymore. All of a sudden, Hans is team Matt. It's probably because I called him hot earlier in the chat. He looked um, very good. He looked really hot today. Um, but listen, I, I identify with you, girl. You know I'm not a fan of the stuff. No. You don't like to cook. My, we're two sisters. We don't like to cook. We're two sisters who don't like to cook. It's really culture number 32. We're two, we're sisters, two sisters who don't, who like, don't to cook. like to cook. I love watching cooking videos. I love food culture. I love no. watching other people cook. I don't like doing it. Does that God. make sense? Padma is not going to like this. Well, no, I would. I, I love watching Padma cook in her kitchen. I love watching her make a dosa. I love watching her do anything. I do. I don't like cooking for me. When we have Padma again, I would like the podcast episode to be us cooking with Padma. I want to figure out how I we know. can do that. We can do it. We can in, just in, in, in the, send an ingredients list in the great after when COVID is less of a concern. Okay, so Han says she's gonna send, going to send. He's going to send her that, her that clip. clip. Well, I think we can make it happen. Padma is down to clown. What, Jess, wow. run a thoughts on cooking. I really see your argument because you know you have <laughs> to you. clean the dishes, <laughs> and then you got, and then you cook, and then guess what? You got to clean the dishes again. So yeah. it's hard. It's brutal. And obvious, and you know what? A baked ziti. That's that's really it's an advanced dish. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm I'm totally with you. Fuck it. You know what? It's get so takeout. Cooking is a vicious a cycle. It's actually cooking rule culture number one hundred ninety-four. It is a vicious cycle. Cooking is a vicious cycle. cycle. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. It's a vicious um, cycle, and I and I'm I'm really grateful that you two are are receiving this and hearing me and giving me. I receive the space, and I hear. <laughs> Um, I can't wait for this. I don't think so, honey. From just oh, this is gonna be. Are a you good ready? Because and- this one I know. This one I <gasps> fucking know. This one I know. So she said, out of the two segments, the cultural moment that was for me, she was uneasy about. But the I don't think so, honey. She was. Oh, not I got uneasy it. Because it's really one. the only thing that m- means anything to me. Okay, okay, well, Matt, you want a timer? Yes. Okay. okay, this is Jess Rona's I Don't Think So Honey, and her time starts now. Okay, I don't think so, honey, walking your dog on hot asphalt. Okay, oh! people don't realize that when you yes. go to a flea market, if you go to a farmer's market, oh. guess what? It's on the street, it's in a parking lot, and oh your gosh. dog is lowered to the ground, which means your dog is hot. I am a groomer, yes. so I've seen dogs with burned pads because people oh. don't, not that bad, but people don't yeah. realize that just because it's like maybe 79 degrees, it's it's breezy, it doesn't mean that your dog is not panting its ass off, overheating. <sighs> I almost can't go to a farmer's market or a flea market because I get so upset when I see people uh, walking seconds. their dogs on asphalt. Stay in the shade. Keep your dog home. If it's more than 75 degrees outside, don't take your dog to the flea market or the farmer's market or anywhere on the hot asphalt. Listen to your dog. Watch your dog. Don't do it. 
That's one minute. Wow. I will say this. Wow. You know what? And she truly, Jess truly will get on the, it's amazing. And I can't wait for people to see it in the show, but she will get on the level of the dog and the dogs, <gasps> the dogs will immediately Listen to her. settle. They, it's <gasps> so crazy. I've watched videos of Jess with, with these doodle mixes or with these and, and these doodles like and she she is very attuned to how they're feeling. She's like, I'm gonna I'm we're gonna we're gonna give the facial and they're they're not gonna understand what's happening, but you gotta gotta let them sort of like know that it's okay. And I'm just like, oh my god, this woman knows how dogs think. Can you Huge. talk a little bit about how do you communicate with dogs? Yeah, of course. I communicate well, you mean like just in general how anyone can do it or just me particularly? What, talk you, about your you, process. You. you. So for me, I look for opportunities from the dog to respond to. So what I do is I'm just extremely focused on any nuance in their behavior. And it's something that's become second nature to me. So if a dog wow. shies away from something, I know that, that they're un, unsure of me or they're not trusting. And in, in, like if I want to, usually it's when dogs, um, when I comb up on their paws, because if they have any tangles in between their toes, that's a painful spot. Some spots mm. are more painful. So for me, I communicate with them by looking for um, moments, opportunities to respond by being gentle and so I can show them I see you I know you don't mm. like this watch how I've got your back watch I'm gonna go really oh. slow and gentle and show you that I see you and once a dog or human feels like they're seen and heard they're calm mm. this is for anybody wow. so if you can just in find any way to show someone that you see them and that they are understood it's mm. it's that's that's the approach of communication with dogs. And it's that taken me 20 years God. to get to that point. That is amazing. And I will say, like, it's true. Like, every because the dogs come in and, you know, it's a big set. There's a lot of people around. And also many dogs are not always comfortable being groomed. Like, every dog has a different relationship to that process. You know, not every dog has been groomed since they were a baby. Or, like, you know, so. And it was kind of a mixed bag with the dogs that came into the show. And so... That was something that you kept saying to the groomers was, you know, even though it's high stakes and it's a competition, like you you always did put the um, emphasis on listening to the dog, giving the dog what they want. You know what I mean? Which I, I was so mm -hmm. impressed by and I had never thought like, and also what can happen when you raise your voice around or at a dog, like that is not the way to always discipline or get its attention. Yeah, totally. Mm. For sure. Wow. I'm just beautiful, like. Beautiful. <laughs> I was very floored. Very serene. Very yes, I love. Well, I she is. Well, She's also, like the dog like, whisperer. Selfishly, as a groomer, if my dog is happy, my job is easier. So yes. I've done everything I can to learn how to calm a dog so that I can have a nicer day and not have to fight or you know look. Dogs are avoidant. That that's what they do. They just avoid us. They don't want to you know their nails trimmed or whatever. So if I can work with a dog that is avoidant, then I can um, have an easier time, an easier day. Mm -hmm. Wait till you mm. see these dogs in the happy hoodies, which are these little hoodies that they that the dog <laughs> they put around the dog's head so that when the blow dryer is loud, it's not as loud. So oh my it's God. so cute. They are oh really, God. really cute. You're gonna love this show. I can't wait. I'm telling you, like, and people flip for dogs. Like, yeah. even for people who like aren't dog people, it's like, no, like dogs like are are powerful sort of like media, like 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 
sort of teasers. Like they, they'll, they'll like draw you into something. I was telling Matt this, like I, I used to work on this at this e-commerce site and like anytime there would be options where there would be a photo with a dog or not a dog, every single time they would be like, you have to, have to, have to include the dog because it drives up like engagement by like 500% or whatever. Really? Because people just, oh, wow. People just love dogs. Yeah. And so I think this will be a hit. I think it's going to be, I cannot, I'm going to watch every single episode in one sitting. I cannot wait. And I'm going to watch, I'm going to rewatch them because I think it's, it'll be that kind of show. I'm really Ugh. excited. And like, like I said today, like um, we did get to watch the first episode and it was so much fun. And the show is, I would say if I had to break it down into third, it's like a third comedy with the panel. It's a third dog grooming process and learning about that. And it's a third narratives about these amazing contestants who are really great. And we have such an amazing diverse group of groomers. And I was actually wanted to say like, it was so fun to see. There was not one groomer that I felt like was duplicated. You know what I mean? That we didn't have like totally. every single one was point. so different. Yeah, like, and the, the the dog grooming community is so diverse and different and dynamic. And I love this. I love this. But for, for, before we end, I just want to know, like, how involved were you in picking the contestants? Not. I wasn't really in charge of casting. I would oh, just yeah. send casting my friends or groomers that I think are good. But I every um, every episode I would be I would I was handed some cards and that's the first time I would see who was on the show, mm, so I wow. didn't know who was on the show until we shot and yeah. some people I knew and I was so excited to see them and then some people I didn't know and I was really surprised at the skill and the different techniques and the innovation that the like the the inventions that they would come up with. Because they all had to deal with a theme. And like, how would they embrace that theme? And that was really fun. These themes are so fun. And the accessories. thats That was more of Robin's uh, whole thing where she either loved or hate the accessories. And, you know, we never knew what we were going to get with Robin. Well, Robin loves the tales. And she loves to talk about the tales. And she always loves to, you know, talk about the worthiness of different accessories that are on the animal and the colors. And because that's, that's another thing is a lot of the dogs, like they get colored. And so this mm-hmm. is something that I don't think a lot of people know is that I certainly no, didn't know yeah. that. And I was the, the host of it. The, yeah. Like I didn't, I, I, but it's really, really, really amazing to see what these people do. They're really artists. And there's some people that are come in and they really represented themselves amazingly on the show. And so I'm super excited about Me it. Too. Oh, I'm so excited to watch. I really, I, I'm over here just like, I, I want it to be Thursday. I, I cannot wait. Wow. Name another legend. Name another legend. Name another <laughs> legend. <laughs> Jess um, Rona. Jess, thank you so much for coming on. I thank mean, I knew the second I met me. you, I was like, I couldn't wait so to great. have you on. And I couldn't, I could not say enough about how lovely I think you are and how talented I think you are and how much I appreciate you putting your whole spirit and just like your good vibe into this show because I do think that it's going to make people really happy. And I think that that's like, you know, it's an opportunity for me yes but i think for like everyone to just like take a break and watch this thing because i think one thing that everyone in this world has in common is like you know that feeling of seeing a happy little dog like you know do its thing i just think it's going to make people feel really good right now when people really want to feel really good and so that's because of you and because of and you, you know, friend well oh, the show Matt. wouldn't exist without your <laughs> without you doing what you do so i want to thank you and um i want everyone to watch hot dog which is premiering with six episodes 
tonight at midnight, aka tomorrow, um, September 24th, and there will be six more episodes before the end of the year, TBD. But yes, this is a 12-episode first season, and we are so excited to show them. So, that's we my We end spiel. every episode with a song. I'm just kidding. Oh, she, she is doing the applause. Well, that's actually good. I live for the applause, the applause, applause, applause. We applause. didn't even talk about Gaga's new video. Oh, I live for the applause, applause, live for the applause, applause, live for the way that you cheer and scream for me. The applause, applause, applause. Give her the thing I love. And to hear the rest of that, you can listen to Lady Gaga's underrated album, Art Pop. Bye. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.